This podcast is to entertain and to inform, not to provide medical advice. You should always consult your own personal medical team when it comes to your health. Welcome to another episode of At the Heart of Your Health. I am your host, Dr. Kendall Griffith, and my co-host, Nurse Nikki. We are back again. I'm excited to be with you tonight and to discuss matters that get to the heart of your health. And tonight we're going to be talking about the same thing that is on everybody's mind, COVID-19, the novel coronavirus. Yes. Yes. So um, it's been quite a week. We have been hearing about all of the things that's happening in New York and in Louisiana and elsewhere around the country. The numbers Mm -hmm. seem to be going up. Washington State, New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and even in, in Georgia, too, the, the numbers are going up in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we are expecting to, to have a spike um, in, in the next couple of weeks. Yes. So, surge. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we can talk a little bit about that. So what is very important, though, is that, again, we are talking about how do you prevent yourself from getting this thing? Very important. Right. And it's... It's not just about you not getting it, but it's about you not being able to give it to somebody else. I I heard someone say one time that it is not just about preventing suicide, but it's also about preventing homicide. Mm-hmm. And I thought that, that that was a profound statement. Right. You know, and it's so true. You know, when when we talk about this pandemic, I'm sure everybody has heard about flattening the curve. So let's just talk a little bit about that curve that everybody's talking about. What the curve is, is the amount of people who can become infected at any one particular time. And over a period of time, that number will increase. And as that number increases over time, it creates a graph, it creates a curve. And that curve can peak. The The concern that we all have is if that peak rises so much that there are more people in need of medical help than the system, the health system is able to provide. And so what we're talking about is, does the hospital or hospitals in in your area, do they have enough critical care beds to care for you if you were to get sick? Do they have enough ventilators? That is the big thing that everybody's talking about, right? Are there going to be enough ventilators? And and around the world, there's there's a an urgent push to manufacture more ventilators because what is clear is that the number of people who are getting sick is way over the amount of people who um, are able to get a ventilator. In other words, the number of ventilators that exist is a lot less than the number of people who are actually getting sick. It's it's like having the Titanic, being on the Titanic. And you know that the Titanic is going to hit the iceberg, and you realize that at the last minute there are not enough lifeboats to save everybody. Right. This is exactly what this is. There are not enough lifeboats. There are not enough ventilators. That if we hit that peak, that everybody is going to be able to be put on a ventilator and be and be saved. Right. So what's important then is we have to what we call flatten the curve. Now, if we flatten the curve, we don't overwhelm the the health system. And so that means that 
by flattening the curve, meaning that less people are infected, that means that less people are sick, which means that less people need to be on a ventilator or need to be hospitalized or be in a critical care bed. That's what we mean by flattening that curve. So by doing that, the system is not overwhelmed, and so um, everybody, most most people, I should say, are able to to survive this thing. So let's flatten that curve, okay? And we flatten the curve by doing a number of things, right? So, Nikki, you you want to talk about some of the behavior patterns that we should be doing to sort of flatten that curve? Well, the biggest thing is the social distancing. And that's important because if we are not in closed quarters with other people, if we are staying away from other people, we lessen our chances of contracting coronavirus or Mm COVID-19. That doesn't mean your family members in your household, because obviously you have children, you have to care for them. But that means going out, which is why the restaurants and stuff are closed. Yes, the grocery store is still open, but when you're going to the grocery store, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, you know, you should be wearing some type of mask to cover your mouth and nose, but staying that six feet away from other people helps prevent when you're talking or when they're talking, those droplets reaching the other person. That is what helps that. So just to be clear, those masks are not like the N95 mask. The N95 mask minimize the amount of virus that that can actually get through to the mask. But the intention of the facial covering, as they're calling it, is to prevent those large droplets from, from being put out into the air. Right. When you wear a mask, if you are sick and you are one of those people who are asymptomatic, which is what the biggest concern is, is because those people can spread it to other people and not know they're spreading it. If you have a mask on, that prevents your droplets from exiting and passing on to someone else. Exactly. So everybody wearing the mask helps take the guesswork out of that because you might not know you have... COVID-19. You may not know you've been infected. Some people just have very minor symptoms. So if everybody wears a mask, we don't have to think about it. We don't have to think who actually is showing symptoms, who's not showing symptoms. So if everybody has their nose and their mouth covered, if you're talking to someone, if you sneeze, if you cough, all those things, those things get trapped in that mask. So it doesn't go out into the atmosphere and, um, and reach to someone else who's in your close proximity. So that's mm-hmm. the thing about wearing the mask. And I know there was a little back and forth on it, but I personally, as a healthcare worker, felt we were eventually going to go to that. It's something that has been shown in other countries to help flatten their curve. It's been successful. It's been one of the things that in Asian countries, people go to immediately. There's a little bit of a stigma, apparently in the United States, that if you have on a mask that you seem like you're sick. Well, let's just all wear it and then <laughs> we'll take that stigma away. Mm-hmm. We'll all wear them, we'll all protect each other. Yeah. You, you know, what is nice too, you know how it, it seemed like socially wrong to not to shake somebody's hand. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is now more socially acceptable to not to shake some, mm-hmm. somebody's hand. The stigma of you being rude 
for not shaking somebody's hand seems to be dissipating because everybody is accepting this new norm mm-hmm. that it's okay to not to shake somebody's hand in, in this sort of situation. Yeah. Yes, we can greet people other ways. I mean, in the United States of America, that has been a thing. When you're in a business meeting, when you're greeting someone, it's it's just, you know, it's a gesture of respect and we yes. understand it. Mm-hmm. But in this time and probably moving forward, honestly, because that lessens the chance of other viruses like the flu virus, which, exactly. you know, so if we do so that, it's, it's, we so continue, it's not rude. It's not rude. Yeah. It actually... It's a nice thing to do, so everybody's yeah, protecting I, you each know, other. I, I, I maintain my stance about the Vulcan greeting, you know, <laughs> live long and prosper. Yeah. I'm for the namaste greeting. So, oh, that you sounds, know, your that sounds nice, too. Yeah. I like that I one. I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so flattening that curve becomes very important because each individual actually plays a role in minimizing the ability of this virus to be transmitted from one person to the next and causing a spike or surge in the infection rate. And so collectively, we are able to flatten that that curve, right? So we have in Georgia, can you pull up the Georgia Department? I have the current statistics. We are at 10,189 cases with 389 deaths. That's in Georgia. That is in Georgia. Okay. So it has risen. Some of the things I saw online earlier today hadn't caught up with the current statistics, mm-hmm. but our statistics are higher than obviously we'd probably want them to be. Yeah. And and so I, I wanted to talk about the projected peaks. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, this is why it is so important, please, folks, it is so important to follow the social dis- distancing recommendations and mandates that are out there now because this is how we're going to be able to keep this peak down. So the anticipated peak for the state of Georgia is April 21st, meaning that it's going to be the maximum amount of, of infections and the maximum amount of deaths um, at, at any one time. And after that, it is expected that that is going to start to trail off somewhere into the early parts of June. What is projected for the state of Georgia is that there are going to be a total of 2,630 deaths from the coronavirus. So that number could go up if we don't practice the social distancing. And why this comes into play is because this virus is called the novel coronavirus for a reason. Novel, new, because we have never been exposed to it before. And so when we haven't been exposed to something, we have not mounted an immune response against it. We don't have any antibodies against it. And so if the entire population has never seen it before, our bodies have not been able to uh, mount an immune response to it. Now, all of us are, are at risk, right? Yes. And so that peak can go way higher if we all get around each each other, as we saw as uh, what happened in that funeral in Albany. Yes. Right? So because we are all vulnerable to it, if we collect around each other and we transmit to each other, each one of us is vulnerable and each one person can transmit. It is estimated that each person transmits to 2.1 people, right? So uh, what that means is 
you got to follow the social distancing because it is it will multiply. I am just curious as to what's going to happen when we supposedly norm, normalize because the only way to truly stop this these spikes and these surges is to mount an immune response where the entire population mounts an immune response. So there's the concept of the herd immunity. Herd immunity is when 70 to 80% of the population has become immune. When that has happened, then effectively the, the virus is no longer able to create an epidemic or a pan pandemic. So there's one of two ways that this can happen. One way is that everybody gets infected all of a sudden. But if you do that, there's going to be a lot of people dying. Yeah. This, the second way is to stay away from each other so we don't transmit to each other until we can get an effective vaccine where ev everybody can become immune. Right. So we have the experts now who are working hard to get that vaccine done and it is estimated that that is going to take about a year right. so what so what can happen is what i'm concerned about is that we are going to do the social distancing and then we prematurely think hey you know we we got to the peak and now we're down and it's back down again and let's all go and celebrate and we all go back out again and we do the same thing and guess what's going to happen there's going to be a new peak yeah. So, so in the meantime, folks, just do your social social distancing. It's now socially acceptable to socially distant. <laughs> <laughs> All you introverts, it's your time. It's your time now. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, there's one question. Um, they tell you that if you have mild symptoms, that you should stay home. But there are increasing numbers of people being found dead at home. When is the right time to go to the hospital? That's a good question. That is an excellent quest question. So thank you for sending that question. I, I have to say that that question came from my wife. <laughs> <laughs> That's so why Dawn, it's a good thank question. you. Thank you very much. Um, am I going to say anything else except it's a, it's an excellent question? <laughs> no, but but really it is. <laughs> no, it so, is very much that. So. so if you can't breathe, Please let's call. just keep it very yes. simple. Yes. If you can't breathe, you need to call 911 or you need to get to the emergency room. Do not wait just because we say that you are supposed to socially distance yourself from everybody else. And the other thing that is happening is that people are afraid to go to the hospital because they are afraid that they're going to catch the, the virus. Right. But the reality is that if you are in trouble, do not wait. You need to go and get help because it is better that you that you are in the hospital where you can get the help rather than being at home. Yes. Because what, what happens with the coronavirus happens very, very rapidly. Mm -hmm. That sometimes the, the doctors are not able to even get you in time. I mean, they feel this all of a sudden, this urgent need to intubate you, to put you on a ventilator. So if you are at home and you are having some breathing problems, do not wait because if you wait, it may catch up with you so quickly that you may not have time to do anything and unfortunately you you may pass at home. Yeah. So once you feel bad, you need to go and again, you need to let them know that you're having the fever, the cough, the shortness of breath so that they 
can automatically begin to think, hey, I may have this COVID-19 person and that I, I need to take the necessary precautions. And you just also mentioned something else. An uncontrolled fever is actually a yes. good reason to call ahead and go to the emergency department as well because you know you would be taking Tylenol or things to control your fever but if your fever is staying at you know 102 creeping up to 103 you can't get it under control that could turn into an emergency situation as well yes. breathing of course trumps everything else you have to be able to breathe but we're not saying don't ever call or go to the emergency department. We're saying that if your symptoms are mild and they're manageable, then you should stay at home. Yes. And if they start to get worse, then you go. If nothing yeah. else, call your primary care physician Absolutely. and be seen by them. If you really are hesitant to go to the emergency department, if it is an emergency situation, you cannot breathe, you need to go to the emergency department. But if you're just really worried and you want to be seen, but please call ahead because there are some things that they're doing to separate you from other people that yes. don't have the virus so they can prevent it from being passed to other patients. And, and you know, I, I must add, do not think that you are stigmatized by, by no, having this virus because um, very notable people have, have gotten this virus. Prince Charles has gotten the virus. Mm -hmm. um, Id Idris Elba, you know, to to all women, Idris Elba should never get sick, right? <laughs> but he's even gorgeous. he got <laughs> yes, but he got married, so he <laughs> so so his so gorgeous what? factor dropped. Now he's supposed to get sick. Is, is that it? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not so, at all. <laughs> but just know that this that the stigma is not there. Everybody knows that you can get it. It has no differentiating feelings. <laughs> it doesn't care whether you're black, you're white, you're, you're Hispanic, you're, you're Asian. It doesn't care. It doesn't care if you are a man or a woman, if you're gay, you're straight. If you are human. Yes. If you're a human being, it's coming after you if, if you don't protect yourself. You know, that's one of the things about viruses in general. Now, we all have upped our level of cleaning and sanitation because we know that this virus lives on sur surfaces and we're protecting ourselves. But that's the case with any viruses. Yes. I mean, it's, it doesn't matter what you look like or who you are. That's how they work. That's how viruses work. Yes. They find a host and they... And they attack. <laughs> it's, it's that simple. This, this is a war. And, you know, we are so accustomed to wars be, being between humans, mm -hmm. uh, one nation versus another, one group of people versus another people. We are not prepared for, uh, this is almost like, like it's an alien species that but is we didn't the, learn the human race. We didn't learn. We've had, this has happened in history as well, documented. There's a lot of talk about it being a conspiracy theory. Yeah, we have to get and, over that. And about somebody, you know, it being man-made. Well, you can go back in time and see viruses. Yes. I mean, the last one was the what was it, the flu pandemic mm -hmm. of 1917 or 1918. But but even These, bef before that, th there was SARS, which, yes, which, but it which never could have turned into a pandemic, but it, but right, it was caught it early. Not, yes. It did not. And um, that, that was a coronavirus, too. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, yeah. and MERS, that happened too. Mm-hmm. Ebola happened yeah. several years ago. That was a virus. It wasn't a coronavirus. These things happen. This is how, I mean, these things exist in our world. Yes. Um, so it's not it's not a stigma. It's not a conspiracy theory by the government it's to just, take out a certain nature. population of people. Right. Like what people thought with the AIDS epidemic. I mean, I don't know. I I, we have to get away from that and just do the things that we can to protect ourselves. We have to it, protect it, each it other. Is. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, and so one of the ways that you protect yourself is there are certain things that you absolutely must do on a regular basis to protect yourself from getting this virus, right? So in yes. addition to this, to the social distance thing that we've talked about ad nauseum, you have to wash your hands regularly. Yes. You have to wash your hands with soap and water for 20 seconds 20 seconds minimum. yes or you use hand sanitizers alcohol hand sanitizers yeah to to get into all of the nooks and crannies of your hand why to kill the virus yes to, and you try your best not to touch your face why don't touch your face yes because the virus will will enter through the through the mucous membranes the mucous membranes um, include your mouth, your nose, your eyes, anything that can sort of um, is anything that has fluid on it mm-hmm. that that drains. So your nose drains; it, it has mucous membranes. Your 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 mouth has spit. You know the tissue there. So those those are mucous membranes, and your eyes the same way too. So if you have virus on your hand, and then you go and you touch your face and you touch those areas, you have automatically then in- injected these viruses into your body. Yeah? So, so oh, mm-hmm. go ahead. No, no. No, I was going to say, with that being said, now that everybody has been told to wear a mask, please make sure that your mask fits over your nose. It needs to cover your nose and that. your mouth. <laughs> And if you are making a mask, your mask needs to be able to conform to the bridge of your nose and over your cheeks where there's no gap. And those things need to be able to stay in place. That mask needs to be able to stay in place when you go to the store, when you're shopping, because it serves no purpose if you're constantly having to adjust the mask with your dirty hands. Also, wearing gloves. I know a lot of people think that they should wear gloves. So as a healthcare professional, if we go into a room, and I can only speak for a nurse, if we go into a room and we perform patient care, 10, 15 minutes I'm in a room, I could change my gloves three times because I'm touching a dirty area, whether it be cleaning a patient, whether it be handling something like a medication or whatever. And then I go to a clean area, so I have to change gloves. So if you wear your gloves out of your car, into the store, touch everything in the store, ring up your groceries, go back to your car, you have effectively recontaminated every single surface. You didn't touch your purse, you didn't touch your phone. So wearing gloves in a store does actually not, it doesn't benefit you. You just wear the mask, keep your hands away from your face. When you get to your car, clean, wipe off your your um, the strap of your purse, wipe off your door handle, wipe off your steering wheel, wipe off your keys with a um, Clorox wipe or whatever sanitizing wipe you have 
then clean your hands with hand sanitizer. Don't just wear one pair of gloves. And I've seen they they did a screenshot that was going around the internet of somebody in line with gloves on eating chips out of a bag. Oh no. That <laughs> that serves no purpose <laughs> at all whatsoever. You are not protecting yourself. So I mean if you're not gonna be able to change your gloves multiple times, which most people are not gonna be able to, that's not actually effective. It's better to make sure you're not touching your face while you're shopping. When you get back to your vehicle, clean those surfaces that you might touch with your hands before you can clean your hands. That's the best thing that you can do. Absolutely. That's very good advice, Nikki. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, I've, um, I've been trying to figure out how, how to eat through my mask. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to work. I am just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't poke a hole with the straw in <laughs> your mask. That really negates the whole purpose. It does, folks. So <laughs> this is real. You know, there are some people who think, ah, this is not too bad. Talk to the people in New York. You know, in Georgia so far, we are, we are blessed that it hasn't hit the levels of New York. But just know that there are people dying here in Georgia. Yes. Okay. And it it is estimated to be a whole lot more. So please be vigilant. Do the things that we just said. And, you know, we just pray that we can get through this and we can get to a normal life again soon so we have come to the end of this night's show nikki um is there anything else that you would want to say before we go i just wanted to give one more stat yes throughout the world there's 1,509,355 cases and we have reached the total of 88,331 deaths. So like you're saying, it is real yeah. and we need to do everything in our power to stay healthy, stay safe, flatten the curve, yes. protect and, each other. And, and, and I'm going to add to that because I know right now everybody is going stir crazy at home. I can right? agree and attest to that. Yes. So, you know, you are itching and, and you're antsy to get back out there. But let me remind you that we haven't hit the peak yet. Okay. So that peak is projected to hit the, the 21st. And it's not an exact day. It is right. a range of time. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's where we're anticipating that there's going to be the most deaths. That doesn't mean that there's not going to be deaths after that. But it's not going to be people infected after that. This is a continuum of people getting infected and people dying, but it is expected to peak at that time. So you are not out of the woods by no stretch of the imagination. So hold the course, continue what you're doing, spend spend time with, with your loved ones. Um, just make the most of it. We, we can turn every dark cloud in, into a silver lining. And right. so I believe that the silver lining in this case is it's the gift that we have now to spend time with with our family which since we're always so busy in this world we, we don't have time to do and so I, I know for me I am very grateful for that time 